Three, two, one. This is Chargers Unleashed Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dan Wolfenstein and Jake Hefner. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Hefner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by UFC Fit and Temecula, Golden Road Brewery, Charger Bolt Family, Tick Pick, and Bet Online. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, or wherever you choose to digest your weekly NFL podcast. Dan Wolkenstein, we've had a good week. It's been a good week. It's been a very good week, as a matter of fact, here on Chargers Unleashed podcast. Uh, For those of you who missed it, please go back and find it. But our newest first-round pick, Zion Johnson, joined the show on Wednesday. Spectacular interview, if you have not heard it already. And Dan Wilkinson and I were talking a little bit offline, and we thought, you know what? We're literally just having a Chargers discussion, but like, wait a minute. Why are we not talking about this on the pod? (laughs) So... What we're going to be talking about here is kind of just let's take a look at the big perspective of things. We're early into the 2022 offseason right now before mini camp and training camp obviously picks up. But where are we sitting now following the 2021 season, following free agency, following the NFL draft? Let's just take a look at how much things have changed for the Los Angeles Chargers in the last two years. So I know I'm hyped about this because. It's it's great to gain a little bit of perspective. I know Dan's hyped up about this, so this should be an interesting this should be an interesting conversation. That's for sure. Yes, Jake Hefner, how are you, my friend? Happy Friday! Happy Friday! I am doing the best I can. We're getting through. We're getting through. We're with you the whole time, uh, and for what it's worth, I we LAFB Chargers fans appreciate you, uh, and we're here for you anytime you need. Um, Thank you. All right, Jake. So we talk about perspective a lot on this show, and I generally would be the optimist and you generally would be the pessimist. And it's becoming close to the point where it's hard not to be optimistic, even for you. Bite your tongue. You better not go that far. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Given what we've seen with this team now, there are people that can say, look, they haven't made the playoffs, you know, Tom Telesco, Dean Spanos, whatever. And the goal of this episode is just to provide some perspective on just how much this team, this culture, the staff, the identity, you name it, how much has actually changed in a few short years. And so we're going to be kind of going, taking a step back, looking at what's happened and if we've seen this before, uh, Jake, before we get into all of that, just to kind of start off a discussion, bet online. Mm. Let's pay the bills. Yes, of course. Let's pay the bills. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, on the ML uh, Major League Baseball, on the UFC fight, big UFC fight coming up this weekend, if you guys are not aware of that. Uh, and don't forget, that the MLB, of course, is back, uh, or I mentioned that already, apologize, um, 
But put in your bets now on who you're going to feel is going to win the World Series in the NBA playoffs. Make sure to do it through Bet Online. It's your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and betting uh, and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BLEAV. That's BLEAV, believe, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. So Chargers get Kyle Van Noy, breaking news. Another edge rusher, possibly linebacker depth, two-time Super Bowl champion. Great signing. And, and it's, it's a, a, just another signing that we saw with the Chargers. And, and Jake and I, he mentioned at the top, we were kind of talking about this offline. We have not seen this much, this is called action or change, in one offseason, let alone two plus, since being a fan slash covering this team. And we kind of want to just take a step back and go kind of down memory lane of like where this team was like Jake, do you remember? I distinctly remember. So Jake, just a few short years ago, like two years ago, 2020 season chargers, Anthony Lynn, the head coach chargers are three and nine team is doing terribly. Other than the fact that we have a rookie phenom and chargers are possibly going to have at that point, the number one overall pick. And then what happens? Chargers go on a four-game winning streak to end the season. Everyone's freaking out, wondering if Anthony Lynn's going to stay. What are we going to do the coaching staff? Is this going to screw up our draft capital? Blah, 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 blah. Sounds like you just rattled off everything that I was saying. Yep. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. And it, it's easy to forget, like, where this team was. Like, we can even go, we're going to go back before all of the Justin Herbert stuff. But, like, you think about it from going from a Philip Rivers to a Justin Herbert, which there was a big gap there of unknown. What the hell are we going to do as a team? You got like re-signing of key players. Now you got new coaching staff. You got new culture and identity. You rebuilt your entire offensive line. You changed the kind of in-game improvements that your team has. You completely shift the identity of your team. You go through a complete overhaul of the defensive line. You completely overhaul the secondary. You improve the toughness on offense. You focus on special teams. And, and I've rattled all these things off really quickly. And we're going to kind of go through these things individually. But it's easy to forget and to take for granted how hard it is to change a few of those things, let alone all of those things, in a few short years. And so when Jake and I were talking earlier, we were kind of thinking... I don't recall a team that has gone through this much change on and off the field, coaching staff, players, culture, you name it. And you can, you can think of a few teams where like, okay, like when the Patriots got Tom Brady, like everything changed. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, things changed. When the Chiefs go out and get uh, Andy Reid and they go from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, all of a sudden things change. Um, the Chargers, if you think about like an analogy, like they literally had to tear down the house and build it from scratch. And new coaching staff, new quarterback, and that's really exactly what we did. And Jake, kind of starting this off, let's say prior to Justin Herbert getting drafted, Philip Rivers is moving, goes to Indy, bags are packed, Chargers are picking seven overall. Did you ever think that the T 
team, not not even in terms of success, but just in terms of what this team looks and feels like from a culture and from us like believing and everything. Like, did you ever think the Chargers could get to this point where you are actually impressed and somewhat, I don't want to say fulfilled, but somewhat um there's a word I'm looking for. But you are in agreement with so many things that they're doing. Moving the needle from X to Y, essentially. We were stuck. In such a short, short fashion. T- yes. Tires are spinning. Did you ever think we are going to get out of it, let alone get to this point where now we're arguably Super Bowl contenders? No. No. And for a multitude of different reasons, obviously, let's go ahead and start with the quarterback scenario. And with any draft pick, when you move on with someone like Philip Rivers, who had the legacy with this team that he had and a known commodity that you know what type of player he is, and then to go off and obviously you're taking a quarterback top part of the round. And in this particular quarterback class, it was a very polarizing top three quarterback class. But as with all quarterbacks, it's not 100% that any of these guys are going to pan out. And Justin Herbert has come in and greatly exceeded expectations, had a tremendous rookie of the year season in 2020, had an even better sophomore jump for what he was able to do in Brandon Staley's offense. But again, at, even at that point, it's still... It's still a, it's the, the draft pundits hate the term crapshoot. It's all about just making sure you're doing your homework. I mean, you can control the narrative by drafting players that can play football and do it well. But on top of this, Dan, and this is probably the one thing that maybe has switched the narrative completely is Brandon Staley, because not since the days of Marty Schottenheimer, when you had a combination of Marty Schottenheimer. Philip Rivers, Ladanian Tomlinson, Antonio Gates, Sean Merriman, Sean Phillips, Donnie Edwards, guys who ruled both sides of the ball and had a collective mindset about what type of football they were going to do, how to win, and a person that could lead that locker room and have the same collective vision. The Chargers went through their Norv Turner days. The Chargers went through their Mike McCoy days. The Chargers went through their Anthony Lynn days. Nothing from a coaching perspective ever really seemed to replicate that. And we've been searching for it ever since 2006. Now you have Brandon Staley comes in under the Vic Fangio system, learned underneath Sean McVay as a defensive coordinator for a season with the Rams. And just from the moment that you hear his first press conference, it's just like, whoa, this is something that we've never experienced before. And now when you hear him talking today about Justin Herbert's growth, his vision for the team, I tweeted about it from his interview from, uh, that he had on Rich Eisen show the other day that when he went in to interview with Dean Spanos and Tom Telesco, he said, this is my vision for him. I want to create a system that we're going to develop and grow him in that system until the point comes where he becomes the system essentially. And he talked about, he said, all the great ones, the great quarterbacks in in NFL history have literally become the system. Everybody believed that Tom Brady was a system quarterback because he played with Bill Belichick. Obviously that's not the case, but that's the type of goals that Brandon Staley has for Justin Herbert, as far as excelling and maximizing his potential. But even outside of Justin Herbert, let's just go through a short checklist of what he's had to do in this period of time in two years and turning this team around. You came in January of what was that? That would have been 2021 at that point in time. 
you have to revamp your entire coaching staff. So you're putting a whole new coaching staff together. This again is at this point in time, this would be the fifth year that Justin Herbert was in a completely new coaching staff, new coaching staff for him to develop going all the way back to his time in Oregon. So offensive and defensive side of the ball, he has to revamp the coaching staff there. You have to go through free agency and the draft. And in that short period of time, you completely cleaned house and revamped your offensive line that performed much better than it did in 2020. And obviously he's continued to do that this season. And then look what he does this past off season with the most cap money that I can remember the chargers having in a very long time. He knows what the weakness was of this team. Now you completely rehaul the interior and the defensive line. You go out and you trade for Khalil Mack. You pick up Austin Johnson. You pick up Sebastian Joseph Day. As Dan mentioned a couple of minutes ago, you go out and you acquire uh, Kyle Van Oy in free agency. You get J.C. Jackson. I mean, you're putting all the pieces around, and then you add much-needed depth pieces behind that in the draft. I mean... It may not have been the sexiest draft to some Chargers fans. And I'll tell you, even at first face value, I kind of had an issue with it past the number one pick. But you take a look at it now and you fully understand what it is that he's trying to do on both sides of the football. And in a short two-year span like that, that is an enormous responsibility for a rookie head coach, essentially a guy who's only been coaching not even two full years yet. And for what he's done for this team in that period of time, it's phenomenal. And it's something to be said, as much as all a lot of the credit goes to Brandon Staley, you can't credit Brandon Staley without crediting Tom Telesco. He made the choice. Same with mm-hmm. Dean Spano. So for as much flack as Tom Telesco has been given, and some of it rightly so in terms of the lack of success in the playoffs, the lack of getting to the playoffs, the winning division titles, and all of that. He is also who brought the thing that has made all of this change happen. And so, I mean, like, Jake, it's kind of wild, right? So we take a around the way back machine. Chargers were known for, like, awful offensive line. They were known for horrendous special teams. They were known for terrible clock management. They were known for not being able to keep their own free agents. I mean, the list goes cheap, on and on. Cheap, I believe, on on. was yep. the word. Right? Yep. Cheap. <laughs> yep. So, starts off, right? Chargers resign. Premier talent. Keenan Allen, Bosa, both get ridiculous deals. Okay. Justin Herbert then goes out, has an incredible offensive rookie of the year campaign. The rest is history for him. Brandon Staley comes in. Whole new coaching staff. Whole new defensive scheme. And with that, like you mentioned, from the first press conference, there's this new kind of identity culture in terms of like aggressiveness and grit and uh, belief and kind of getting coming together as a family and getting to know people and and being intelligent on and off the field and not really having coaching being the reason you lose games, but actually being an advantage to you and your team. And so there's this new culture and identity that starts brewing, right? You talked about like the complete rebuild of the offensive line brings in Corey Lindsley, arguably the best center in the NFL. Matt Filer, Ode Ibushi at the time. And these turned out to be incredible signings. And then right after that, you draft Rashawn Slater. You draft Asante Samuel Jr. And you all of a sudden have two fantastic draft picks. Your offensive line goes from a weakness to other than the right tackle because of injuries to Balaga becomes a strength. 
We talk about in-game improvements, right? Remember how many times we lost games because we saw stupid shit happen at the end of the half, at the end of the fourth quarter, two-minute drills went to waste, couldn't get the field goal units on, punt teams getting blocked, like you name it. It was all happening. And now we're seeing coaching staffs that's like revolutionizing different things to do, whether it's the fourth and Staley's, whether it's making sure that you actually have the right guys on the field and being aggressive all the time, it's no longer a disadvantage for your team. So whether it's clock management, aggressiveness, the in-game in-game improvements have now kind of checked off, right? Special teams. Special teams was horrendous. We could not find a kicker to save our life. And then every time we let a kicker go, they became a pro bowler on whatever team they went to. Chargers are able to now draft, or excuse me, draft. They're able to sign Dustin Hopkins. They see in-season adjustments. Wasn't working. Telesco, Staley go out and get Dustin Hopkins. They sign Andre Roberts. And both of those guys completely turn the page of our special teams. And weirdly, we're now like excited to watch special teams play and seeing punt returns, seeing field goals going through the uprights. You're just not, we're not used to seeing that. And then, you know, off the season ends, kind of brutal, you know, that we just missed a playoff, but it was still a, it was a winning season. Charged with nine and eight, just missed the playoffs, heartbreaking loss to the Raiders. Duh. But still, Jake, like the team had a top five offense. Eckler had ridiculous numbers. Both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams both had thousand yards. Justin Herbert, if the team would have won a few more games, was in like MVP contention until they kind of flailed out at the end of the season. So team's doing great, but you know, it, it's still building. Okay. And then you kind of mentioned it. Like the team just goes into high gear. They're saying, you know what? F it. We've got money to spend finally. And then people were saying, well, chargers are cheap. Chargers don't spend their money. They're just going to keep it. And before the free agency even starts, breaking news, Khalil Mack to the chargers for, for arguably just a second round pick. And time will tell. Aggressiveness. Free agency. Trades start happening, okay? So already, this is something that Chargers fans, if you stop right there, going into the draft, Chargers trade for Khalil Mack, got some holes to fill into your defensive line, secondary, whatever. Like, you're like, damn. Damn. But they did it. And so, like, weirdly, and I can rattle off a list for an hour here, of all the things that have happened this offseason. We don't need to go through all of them. But but Jake, were there things this like this specific offseason? Like what were the things that you were like, this is not the same old Chargers? Like what were this what, what specific things you're like, this is different? I mean, I think it's kind of a a microchasm of things because this season, offseason, the Chargers had money to spend, which traditionally they don't have that much to spend. But it's and it's not so much of them spending it, but it's who they're spending it on, and it's the type of people that you see Brandon Staley going for, like the J.C. Jackson thing. And then when you see the final numbers and the cap hit that I ended up happen, having against this year, compared to what you've seen other guys get since then, it's it's just it it blows my mind. The math doesn't make any sense. Getting Sebastian Joseph Day, who's familiar with Brandon Staley's system. Austin Johnson, who 
I think is going to be, hasn't been talked about enough how volatile I think he's going to be. And you pair that with a Khalil Mack and a Joey Bosa, that's your starting front four, essentially. Like, talk about a revamp. Talk about getting younger. I think that was one of the biggest things that I wanted to see from this from this team for a long time was for them to get younger in the middle. And yes, Justin Justin Jones was younger, but he didn't end up panning out. Too many injuries throughout his career. Chargers thought that it was the better move to let him go. Linval Joseph was obviously north of 30, didn't have the production that he had in 2020 this past year, so the Chargers let him go. And then thought I was forgetting one, but I, I apologies if I, if I am, um, Justin but Jones. That's, I mentioned, yeah, I mentioned Justin Jones, but that's how you reshape just to start. That's how you reshape <laughs> your defensive line. Not too bad. And Akeem Hicks is still out there, by the way, even though that was the one that we all thought was going to be the slam dunk, no brainer type move, but he's still out there in free agency. And then the secondary, look what you do. Despite the fact that you gave Mike Davis a, a nice contract extension last year, despite what anybody feels about his play, that's totally your opinion. Despite the fact that you went out and you spent a second round pick in the 2021 draft on Asante Samuel Jr., you got really aggressive to say, it's not good enough for us. And you go out and you get one of the best corners in the game in J.C. Jackson. And as I said, you reshape that defensive secondary in Staley's terms, you make it multiple. And I think that's on top of what he did in the draft is you're getting all these type of guys to be multiple, multiple different formations. Sante Samuel Jr. Can play inside, outside Bryce Callahan, the same thing. He was just recently signed. Can is probably going to be regulated to the slot, but he can also play inside, outside great depth signing. And of course, I think this is his third stint. Uh, with Brandon Staley as his head coach, once with the Broncos, once with the Bears, and now now. So he's extremely familiar with the system. But much like it was for Justin Herbert the year prior, where you say, we want to put him in the best position to get us to a victory. Think about this. He t- he's talked about Derwin James as the quarterback for this defense for so long now. And now look what you can do with all of these secondary additions, both through free agency and the draft, that you can allow Derwin James to do what has made him so good throughout college, throughout his rookie season. You can move him all over the field because of the chargers weaknesses in the secondary option. You literally had to pull back on Derwin and say, look, we got to have you play back here. And that's pretty much all we can do because we don't have anybody back here who can help you out. So please help. Now you can move him around the field. You can bring him up uh, on the line on a blitz package. You can put him in the slot if you want to. You can have him cover too deep. I mean, you can pretty much do anything with him. Without having to worry about someone screwing it up behind him, I think is the important part. Exactly. Dan, JT Woods, despite what we may say of us Mm -hmm. lauding Kyle Hamilton and our Daxton Hill conversations, but in some people's opinion, JT Woods was the best center field safety in this entire draft. He's the type of guy that can give you flexibility with him and Nasir Adderley in the back and move Derwin around. That's a way that you can be creative. And that's what Staley is trying to do in this revamp. So it's not just on one side of the defense that he has done this. I mean, it's 
And it's not just in one facet of the defense that he's done this either. He has completely transformed not just the defensive line, not just the middle, but the secondary as well. And it's it's impressive. It's you know we talked about like the shift in culture and and, and identity. Um, you know, think back to before Staley was here. Like the Chargers, in terms of like toughness, if they needed a fourth and two, third and one, like. How many times did we see run up the middle, get stuffed or stupid play calling, you name it. And the Chargers on both sides of the ball, then on defense, how many times was it third and two, third and three, and you are just getting gashed over and over and over and over. How about third and 22? I mean, (laughs) it still didn't matter. It was basically third, (laughs) third down was the Chargers opponents down really was because you just knew in your heart to say, well, third and 45, (laughs) they're going to figure out a way to convert this. That's a honestly third and forty five. That's like a great podcast name. Third and forty five. Third and forty five. Um, but okay, so like the the shift in in identity and like needing that like ruggedness and toughness that Brandon Staley talked about. You know, like you have fingerprints all all over this team. Khalil Max, Sebastian Joseph Day, as you mentioned, Austin Johnson, now Kyle Van Noy on defense. Also, you know, JC Jackson. I think brings a level of toughness. And then offensive wise, you know, you already had the offensive line kind of starting and humming already. And then you add a Zion Johnson, you add an Isaiah Spiller, you add a Gerald Everett to kind of beef up the offensive line and kind of give you that mentality. You get a Jamari Sawyer to kind of improve that and get like the toughness that I think this team has been lacking. And the the goal, it appears, is you know, Jake, you mentioned the word like multiple. The Chargers want to be a team where they don't have to rely on Justin Herbert to be this God Avenger Superman. Like, could he do it? Yes. But you should it's not be, to watch, but you should yes, not be seeing a quarterback throw for 50 touchdowns roughly and it's going fun. nine and eight. Like it's, it's great. But like it's if fun. you're do, if you're doing that and your team is not the one seed, or at least like winning your division, there's something wrong. And so the team has been wanting to become more balanced. And that has been something this team has been lacking for years. And I would argue probably since Schottenheimer, where this team can beat you in theory. We haven't seen it play out yet, but the goal is if you need to run to win, they should be able to do it. If you need to stop on third down, you need to be able to stop the run, you should be able to do it. If you need to go through an air raid and shootout, you should be able to do it. If you need special teams, you should be able to do it. If you need tight end yard after the catch abilities, you should be able to do it. And people talk about, oh, this team doesn't have speed. Like, sort of true. But, like, Guyton is plenty fast. DeAndre Carter, I think, is going to be used more than people recognize. And I think it's less about speed and more about... It is about dropped balls. That, that too, last year was brutal. (laughs) But, like, I think it's more just about efficiency. Like, how many times did we see the Patriots win Super Bowls with, like... Edelman and Welker and random receivers. Even Randy Moss, when he was playing there, wasn't like the fastest dude when he was there. That's not how they won. Like Gronk didn't have a 4-3 speed. Like that's not how it goes. And I think that's what the Chargers are looking for. They want to be efficient on both sides of the ball and be balanced. And because of the cap room and actually spending it wisely, they were able to get Mike Williams on a team-friendly deal. Look at some of the other contracts now. They got J.C. Jackson, and now looking at that contract, that looks, you mentioned it, like that's Christmas came early. And 
Gerald Everett, I think was a huge value pick. Like these things, you know, I, I asked you like what specifics, but there's so many areas of this team that are just different. And you're seeing that now nationally being recognized and seeing him on, you know, seeing Staley on Rich Eisen and seeing Justin Herbert everywhere and seeing Kyle Van Noy now being on this team as another leader. They're signing different types of guys than we're used to, than they have done. Like you, we've always seen kind of like that second tier coupon Tom, if you will. And, you know, the biggest signing would be like a, a Linval Joseph or a Chris Harris Jr., which at the time, you know, we thought those were quality signings, but those were not blockbuster signings. And in two years, we're seeing box office stuff happen here in L.A., which we should be. But did we expect that? Hell no. No. But you need to now, especially after the way that the AFC West has transformed in one single offseason and the most bonkers offseason that I can remember. You had to do it. So not only was it good to see a change like that from the Chargers just to be in contention, but now look at how valuable those moves are going to be when it comes to the AFC West just kicking the shit out of each other throughout the season. <laughs> It's true. So uh, again, the the goal of this is just to kind of provide perspective. Okay, and and we all deserve and have the right to be critical of the team when need be. And there are plenty of things that this team can still improve. But I think it is important to sit back and recognize, like how different the Los Angeles Chargers are in 2022 than the team was three years ago. And like that time goes by quickly. Yeah. But like Austin Eckler wasn't even part of San Diego. And like he now he's like one of like the veterans of this team. And him now being able to have, you know, some assistance with an Isaiah Spiller and an offensive line that actually has one guy who's a pro bowler, let alone pro bowl slash all pros in multiple positions. It, it's just. I know I'm the optimist, so this is speaking my language. But, like, I think at some point you have to be able to think about, like, you know what? Like, they've actually done a pretty damn good job. Say what you will about prior to Staley getting here. And say what you will prior to Justin Herbert getting here. But since then, given the cards they were dealt with, like, I don't know how they could have done better without, like, sacrificing some of the things that they did. Like, it's just, it's been a miraculous kind of shift with this team and culture. And I think it's important for Chargers fans to kind of recognize that and to appreciate that as we get to training camp. Like every time I was going to training camp last year, and this was just last year before this offseason, it was like, oh my gosh, like that's guy's an offensive lineman and he's really freaking good. And like that coach is doing something smart. And like there are so many things that were just different. Imagine what that's going to be like this training camp. Like, oh, Khalil Max over there. Like, Oh, Kyle Van Noy's over there. Oh, J.C. Jackson's back there. Oh, Sebastian Joseph Day. That looks different. Zion Johnson's a little different. Like, there's so many things now. And for one offseason, Jake, like, I know you're the pessimist, but I got to hear it. From your perspective, grade their offseason in totality. Give it all of it. Okay, look, as Dan said, this is strictly about perspective 
does this mean anything that we're saying is going to translate into win or loss record predicting anything like that at this point in time? No, that's not what we're trying to do. Uh, <laughs> I, Dan, I would be careful when you say the sentences, could they have done more? Be careful <laughs> because I can think of one or two things that they could have done. And I'm sure a lot of people would probably agree because, you know, you may have the people that come back and say, well, yeah, Dan, there's a lot more that they could have done. No, they could have done more, but I think if they would have done more, they would have sacrificed other things. Right. I get what you're saying, though. But it's just in a term of, of, of really, for Brandon Staley, a year and a half. He hasn't even gotten to minicamp yet for his second season as the Chargers head coach. And really, this is incredible. This is incredible. Normally, the stuff that we as bystanders, as fans, would think about to say, God, the Chargers really needed this, 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 and this, and they only got one of them. I mean, there's not many boxes that you could say that Brandon Staley has not checked in two off seasons. There are some. There are some. There are some. That's it. Yes, there are some. I'm not saying that he's immaculate, but there are a good majority of boxes that he has checked in this year and a half, essentially now as a Chargers head coach. So God, man, in if you're, if we're grading this off season in totality, I'll still be fair about it. Look, the Chargers had cap room to spend and they did it. The Chargers had to revamp their entire defense essentially. And they did it. You were bottom of the barrel in run defense you, what you were last in the league on third down defense. You had to fix that in multitude of different ways. Brandon Staley has done that, I think, in my opinion. Obviously, we'll see what happens when it comes to playing time. But as far as making the moves to improve in a number of different ways, he's done that. You're still adding protection for Justin Herbert as you realize how vital that is. And not just from a starting offensive line, whatever combination that may look like by the time September rolls around, we don't know. But you look at the depth behind your starting offensive line now all of a sudden and say, hey, that's not bad. The drop-off ain't that far anymore when normally we'd be saying, oh, God, <laughs> Just, oh, God, look out. Who's down now? Who's going to replace him? I didn't even know that that dude was on the roster. Who is he? You know, you're not asking yourself those questions anymore. And then just... I think just the mentality that he has put together, soup to nuts, coaching staff all the way down, the aggressiveness. I think he's been in Tom Telesco's ear when it has come about some of these decisions. And I think it's even helped Tom Telesco even change his perspective a little bit as well. I was the one that said it. Tom Telesco had to have a slam dunk offseason in order to continue being the Chargers GM moving forward. If you just took free agency, I'd say that that's a win. On top of that, you get Zion Johnson at 17th overall. You still continue to add depth pieces. I know it's not the most immaculate draft. I'm not, a, I'm not calling it that by no means. But in a single offseason, you did this, 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 and this. He knew what he had to do. He did it. Again, not immaculate, but he got it as best as he could. And same with Brandon Staley. So... Overall offseason grade, I won't go as far as to give him an A, but well, I'll, give him a B, I'll give him a B plus with everything. How about this? If it was if it was a slam dunk contest in the NBA, what would be the sign post you're putting up for the dunk? 
Oh, like just like, oh, hey, you know, that was like a good. Uh, I'd give it an eight. I'd give it an eight. I would. Okay. I would. Fair. And it, and again, that that grade has dra- drastically shifted in the last three days, given what the Chargers got after the draft. Because trust me, like everybody else out there, I had questions. <laughs> I had questions. How are we missing this piece or this piece? And then this week has been pretty good to the Chargers. And the so, fact that the, and the fact that we're sitting here like nitpicking an eight out of ten, which like I think we're being tough graders, eight out of ten. But we'll, we'll just go with that. If this was an eight out of ten, what the hell were the last like five, ten year off seasons? Minus two. <laughs> like if we're talking temperature. We went from like Arizona heat now to like New England Antarctica. <laughs> What's the temp in Antarctica? I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it is, the Chargers temperature is lower. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, look, that, that was kind of it for this episode. Just want to go through how much we've seen shift in this team and, and to just enjoy it. And, you know, we're all part of this process. We're all in this together. But I think it is important to sometimes, and even, even you, Jake, I think it's important to sometimes be grateful for what they have done. Sure, can things have been improved in other ways? Yes, but in totality, like you said, um, a shit ton to be grateful for, to be excited about as we go into this 2022 Charger season. Yeah, you know uh, you're you're moving the needle when you're changing my attitude a little bit. So, <laughs> And that's where we are. Jake, anything else you want to tell the great Chargers fans before we head out of here? Dan, I think you have an announcement for later on this month, but as Dan's going to allude to here in a second... Um, obviously with Zion Johnson coming on the show earlier this week, which was an absolute treat. It's going to be a big May for us, not just with obviously rookie mini camps getting underway and training camp after that, which Dan and I plan on attending. So we will be out there. So definitely hope you guys all come out as well, but this is going to be a big month for the chargers unleashed (laughs) number of different guests that we're going to be on the show. Dan, I can't remember the timetable in which we are going to be doing our next giveaway, but that. It's a damn good giveaway, trust me. And so you're going to want to get onto that when we announce it. And then, Dan, please wrap up my announcements with your announcement. Honestly, I kind of like the way you teased it. I might just leave it at that. We have some, <laughs> we, t- we talked about, you know, giveaways. We talked about special guests. We talked about mini camps. Tease your, tease your announcement as teasy as you can. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, in terms of, guest appearances they could have on the show or in terms of uh, collaborations that you might be doing with other networks or groups or that was the one I was alluding to. Yep. Um, you could be, you know, doing things with, with signings. You could be doing things that you never done before. That is allowing you to kind of go into this next frontier as a podcast slash LA football network. Um, you mentioned it's going to be a big month. It's going to be a big off season. And again, we're not going to spoil too much, but just be on the lookout. You'll be seeing things come as soon as next week uh, after this episode drops. And then probably what week after that, week after that, week after that, week after that. It's, it's going to be a wild ride. I'm so excited to be able to do it alongside you, Jake Hefner, and all of the listeners, the viewers who are here with us. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Jake, it's going to be crazy. 
this offseason as we continue on into preseason. Um, again, if you do not follow Jake, his backwards hat and his fresh haircut, at Jake T. Hefner. You can follow myself at Chargers Homer. Uh, LAC underscore Unleash is where you can get us on Twitter. Again, on YouTube, go ahead and hit the like, subscribe, follow us everywhere. We're on Instagram as well. Um, have a great weekend. Enjoy this feeling, Chargers fans. Bryce Callahan, Kyle Van Noy, Zion Johnson. Like, it's been a damn good week. And we'll talk to you next time as we get into some of the crazy of Chargers Unleashed. Have a great weekend. We'll talk soon.